Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With the first pick in the NBA draft, the Minnesota Timberwolves select 10,000 layups. 10,000. 10,000 layups. Hello, good friends, and welcome to another episode of the 10,000 Layups Podcast. I'm Kyle Radke here, as always, with Julian Andrews. Julian, we're back together. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh, planning to go on all the ESPN shows tomorrow and take you down, though. <laughs> good. So. Good. Um, yeah, talk about how you, if you can stay out all night and then guard me the next day. Yep. Yep. Um, but yep. when you guard other podcast hosts like Dade Moore, you go to bed at 8 PM. Yeah. Um, yeah, I get no, it. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. I haven't, I haven't worked out the details. Yeah. But you're going to talk shit about me. Yeah. I'm getting in the lab. Yeah. That's fair. I deserve it. Yeah. I can't. Something I can say. <laughs> hey, um, you haven't won an NBA championship. So. I have not won an NBA championship, so I think I'm fair game. Mm-hmm. Um, Julian, let's uh, on today's agenda. We're, we got some uh, playoff talk. Of course, we're recording this on a Tuesday, so game one of the Eastern Conference Finals is tonight. So we're not going to like recap the game, but we're just yep. going to preview each series. We have some Wolves news, and then we have some free agent talk um, at the end, where we've been kind of um, talking about our series. Uh, we started with Jake Lehman last week. I covered Josh Akogi, and then today we have Torian Prince. So we'll take a look at his season in Minnesota, where he's at. Um, and uh, what that's going to look like. Uh, Julian, what a wild second round of the playoffs. For real. Crazy. Um, you have the the Celtics came back and they won yep. um, a, a crazy game six and then a, a wild game seven on the road. Um, or no, they were, they were at home rather. Um, and then you have the, uh, the Heat came out against the 76ers and like the 76ers are a mess and that's a whole another topic probably. Um, then you have the Mavs. They beat the or beat the Suns in a freaking wild game seven. I don't yep. think I remember a, a like favorite coming out like so flat before. And then you have the Warriors beating the Grizzlies. Let's go series by series. Um, like Celtics, what have we learned about the Celtics? I guess over the last 
like the last series. I mean, I think the most notable, yeah. right? Like Jason Tatum has arrived and he's probably a top five guy. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I don't quite know if I'd go top five. There's just like something holding me back. But I mean, if they go to the finals, I think you have to you have to say that if he's still playing really well. I mean, they just have so many guys. I feel like that's my thing with the Celtics. They like they just have a lot of guys who can play. Um, obviously, they have you know one like top 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 tier player and then like one very high level player in yeah. Jalen Brown, um, who's probably, who's definitely not like a superstar, but who's really good. Um, and I mean, I don't know. Remember when there was all that like trading Marcus smart talk or even trading like Jalen Brown. Yeah. Yeah. They're glad that they didn't do any of that. Um, I don't know. It just, it's, it's difficult with the, with the C's because it's like, they're young, they're, like there's all these reasons you want to like say they're going to fall apart. But then when you actually look at it, it's like, well, you know, they're young, but these guys have playoff experience. You yeah. know, it's, it's not like this is their first time in the, in the playoffs. Um, they have really good defense, which translates really well. So, I mean, I don't really have any, I don't think there's a reason the C's should not win the championship. And it's kind of like, I know that there will be a lot of kind of baked in excuses just because this team is so fun. You know how that happens? Yeah. But honestly, at this point, like anything other than the championship is a disappointment for the C's, even though it's like been a good season. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, I think if you look at the Celtics, it's like, um, like you, you look at the series, they, they don't have Chris Middleton to play against and like whatever. And then like this, this round against the heat, they, they won't be going up against Kyle Lowry, at least for game one or game two. And it seems like with, with Lowry and the type of injury it is, it seems like they're probably better off without him. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree with the C's. Like I, um, it, it is crazy that we're like, Oh, they have to pick between Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And like, it's kind of funny how things just work themselves out. Like, Nope, they don't have to because yeah. Jason Tatum is a totally. superstar and Jalen Brown is a good sidekick. And um, then you have all these other pieces that you throw in and like, right. Like Grant Williams scores fucking like 27 right. points I know, right? in the, yeah. in the, in the clincher. And it's like, wow. Okay. Like if you would have told me and you're a Bucks fan, like Tatum's going to finish with 23 and yeah, like you'd be like, for sure, we're going to win. I mean, and that's just like, like having guys, you know, like that's like having the depth, um, because you can't like, you're delusional. If you think Grant Williams is going to like do that a lot or even like do that again, <laughs> you know, but like you have enough guys in your roster that if one pops, you can win games like this, yeah. you know? And that's, that's why you have depth in the NBA. It's like, so that somebody can step up, not so that not everybody has to. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, definitely impressive. Well, no, it's funny you say that too, about um, just like the, the, like the depth thing, because you, you, you think of, all of the um, like the weird things that that Boston has had, right? Like they had all these picks from Brooklyn, and you you look and you're like, well, they didn't really land a star with that. And like, granted, they they got Tatum because they, they ended up trading back. Um, mm-hmm. But if you look, it's like, well, Grant Williams just had 27 points in Game Seven, and they were able to trade Romeo Langford and like a first round pick for Derek White. Like, I I I, I know like none of these like none of those picks like actually like hit hit. Yeah. But um like and they and they turned the one pick into Kyrie Irving from Cleveland. But like I don't know, like that's like when you're able to get these performances and to get these guys because you look at these teams and you're like, 
depth is a problem for for like like Milwaukee oh, was like they had to play Grayson Allen and everybody was like please don't play Grayson Allen <laughs> but it's like after Middleton gets hurt you can't really do anything yeah um yeah. with with Miami um like obviously they're not as much fun I don't think as like Boston is right like I think the way that Jimmy Butler plays and the way Miami plays in general just like not as like conducive to a fan that isn't watching every Miami game, but like, yeah. are, are, are we just sleeping on them? Um, obviously they're number, the number one seed. It's, but it feels like nobody's going to take Miami in this series. It seems like, you know, Boston's the, the runaway I mean, favorites. It's like weird. I like, I've been almost, I've almost not taken Miami in every series. Yeah. You know, it's not just the fact that this is the Celtics and the Celtics just beat the Bucks or the defending champions and looked good. And I just, there's something about me. <laughs> Maybe I just can't take the heat seriously, but if you, but I mean, you don't make the Eastern conference finals by accident. And now this is the second time in what, what three years that they have a chance to go to the finals. So it's kind of like, right. I mean, cause they were yeah. in the bubble in 2020 and then yep. they were bad last year, but now, so it's now feeling more like last year was the outlier than, than this, than the good performances. So, there's clearly something there that's working. I think Bam is going to be huge. Um, yeah. He's Bam. just like the, to me, he feels like the Celtics kryptonite. Um, and you know, he's nice. a chip on his shoulder because of Marcus Smart winning the defensive player of the year. Like he can switch. Like if those guys try to switch, you know, the if Tatum and Brown try to put Bam in the pick and roll, it's not going to work for them in the same way that like putting Brooke Lopez in the pick and roll. So I, I don't know. It's I, Bam is going to be huge. Um, and then Jimmy just has to play like a star. So, I mean, Jimmy really, really thinks that he's the best player in the league. So it, now's the time because <laughs> if yeah. he gets played into the dirt by, by Tatum, it's right. not going to look good. Yeah. Like, I think like the Bam thing is going to be interesting, especially to see if Robert Williams plays and it. it sounds like he's supposed to, mm -hmm. And that he's going to be fully healthy, but we'll see. Right now, DraftKings has the Celtics as minus one seventy-five favorites. Um, Miami is game one favorite, so you'll know the results of that game before you listen. So, yeah. um, all right, let's get to the other series. We have the Warriors versus the Mavericks. Um, pretty crazy. I think that the Mavericks are there. The Warriors maybe expected, but um, I mean, the, I think the big question going into this is like if you're not convinced uh, about the warriors is like, do you, do you have faith in Luca? Now, if like, for example, if you think the warriors are good and that they were your finals pick, no matter what, like this is a pretty good matchup totally in your mind. But if you are skeptical about the warriors at all, the question is like, okay, great. Uh, can this Mavericks team that doesn't really have a second star do it? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. What do you, that's a really good you? way. To, that's a really good way to put it. Um, because I don't think there are any Warriors fans or yeah, Warriors believers who are saying now that it's the Mavs, I'm scared. You know, like I think the Suns definitely inspired more fear. Period. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the Mavs are scary. I mean, the Mavs. I, I I have a hard time picking against them right now, even though I am not like a Warriors hater. Like I do kind of think that they could. I I think they could easily win this series easily. But at the yeah. same time, I mean, with what Luca's doing and with how that supporting cast has been stepping up and how good their defense is and apparently how well coached they seem, um, 
I don't know. It's hard to say that this is going to be anything but like a really, really another really, really close series because the Suns during the regular season were a better team than the Warriors. And I know that there's people who will say that that's not true, but I think that's kind of a hindsight thing. I mean, yeah, the Suns were awesome and the Mavs like dismantled them. Um, there, there was something about they figured them out, you know, for, for whatever that's worth. And the Warriors, you know, I don't think that's that part of it is going to be as easy maybe for the Mavs. I think the Warriors have a little bit more. I think the Warriors have more types of things they can throw at you where the Suns more felt just like a really well-oiled machine. But then like, yeah. if you disrupted part of the machine, the whole thing would break down. Um, the Warriors, I think, are a little bit more flexible, more adaptable. Um, but I don't think they have an answer for Luka. So, that's, that's the thing, right? It's like, okay, throw Wiggins at him. And it's like... That's fun. Like, the, the thing that bother, <laughs> the thing that Dallas has, and it's kind of similar to Boston. Obviously, they don't have like that number two star, and um, but they do have guys that like anywhere Luca throws it. If they want to double them, it's like you have Dinwiddie, you have Jalen Brunson, you have Maxi Kleber, you have Dorian um, Smith. Yeah, like you have guys that can play and and like shoot. You might not have like that that, but the thing is, like, I mean, Jalen Brunson's going to get paid like a second star this offseason, yep. so. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's gonna be interesting. And then, then, yeah. And then golden state, it's like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I, you know, maybe we're sleeping on them. Like maybe golden state right. wins four to one. And we're all like, what the fuck were you talking about? Like it's I golden know. state, like, you know, but, but I don't know. I you don't want, you I, want, I don't know. There, there might be some just kind of name value here and kind of bias over having watched the last couple of years. Cause the Mavs looked so bad. Yeah for a lot of this season and last year. But if you look at what they've done, like since the all-star break and before the all-star really since they traded Chris stops, like, I don't know. It's, it's, it gets very hard to make a case that they're not going to be at least decent. Well, Julian, you know how you and I talk about like seating and how it's important all the yeah. time. Like, yep. uh, it, like just, if you look at this, so, uh, for example, like Dallas, they finished four games above from the six seed, but, but like Denver, Utah and Dallas were all like neck and neck at yeah. one point. Like, so Dallas gets that first round matchup against Utah, which Utah is a goddamn train wreck. Yeah. Um, and then you're able to get that second round matchup with Phoenix with what, whatever, nobody figured Dallas would win, but it's like, you're able to pay I don't know. nobody in the league is scared of Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. But if like you're the six seed, you know, you, you suddenly have a matchup with the Warriors. Right. Um, right. Or if you're the, the fifth seed, you don't have home court advantage right away. And I don't know, like it's in like same thing out in, in the Eastern conference, like Mil Milwaukee, they were so scared about playing Brooklyn that they were like, you know what, we're just going to take the three seed and we're going to play Chicago. It's like, okay, that's fine. But now you're having a second round matchup with, right with Boston, which you were going to have anyways, if Boston was the third seed, but now you forfeited having game seven right. at home. Exactly. So it's like, I don't know. I think those things like, it matters. I don't know. Sometimes yeah. you, yeah, it's like sometimes just finishing with the best record you can and letting everything else figure itself out works. Is the right um, move. Yeah, yeah, totally. I agree. Uh, Julian, what are your predictions? What's your finals prediction? You don't have to give me like who wins the NBA finals, but like who's winning each series here. I got to say Warriors Celtics. I mean, I, as much as I think, I don't know, as as much as I just, you know, I did just watch Luca just dismantle the best team in the league. 
But at the same time, I think the Warriors are older and smarter and will have more tricks up their sleeve and will not kind of... I think the Warriors, knowing what it takes to win, will give them the edge over like a team like the Suns um, in terms of being able to adapt to Luka, who's just on a heater. Um, and I think the Warriors will throw different stuff at him. And... I just think they, I don't know. It's as much as we talk about the Mavs supporting guys, like the supporting cast that the Warriors have around Steph, if you think about it right now, like that yeah. is better. So I agree. I don't know. It, I, I think it's going to come down to kind of the guys on the margins. I don't think, I, I can't imagine a situation where Steph doesn't show up in the way that like Luca and CP3 didn't show up. Um, but I think it's going to matter. Like, is Pool hitting his shots? Is Clay hitting his shots? Is Draymond doing stupid stuff, or is Draymond like being, you know, kind of the Draymond guy we know he can be? What's Wiggins doing? Is Wiggins taking too many shots? Like, I don't know, just stuff like that. But I, I just, I got to take the Warriors. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm going to go Warriors, Boston. This is breaking news right now, though. Al Horford out tonight. He's in health and safety protocols. Mm. Marcus Smart out with a right mid-foot sprain. We thought maybe Smart would be out, but the health and safety protocols for Horford's not good. That's tough. That's tough. That gives the Heat a real chance. Yeah, it does. Um, All right, let's get into some Timberwolves news. Um, More breaking news, kind of. Um, Dane Moore reported uh, earlier today. uh, This isn't in our show notes, so this might come as a surprise to you. Uh, With the NBA lottery heating up, or sorry, with the NBA lottery tonight and draft conversations heating up, Sashin Gupta remains in charge of the Timberwolves front office while sources say new ownership remains focused on hiring a top five president of basketball operations to work with Gupta in the front office. So basically the report is that they're going to bring in someone to oversee him um, much like Gerson Rosas was. So not doesn't seem like our guy Gupta is going to get his chance that we maybe wanted him to. Um, yeah, it depends on who they bring in, I would say. But it's top, uh, like, that, that's it such a weird... Like it feels like they're big fish chasing, you know, yeah. kind of, but, like, if they can't get somebody, I don't, it's, like, not a... I would say it's not a sure thing. And I would also, like, if you're Gupta, I wouldn't necessarily leave. Like, if, if somebody gets brought in who's, like, really, really good and really high level. But, I don't know, yeah, it's hard. I, it's hard having I would having say it depends, like, control. if... Like if Danny Ainge comes in, which he's not going to, because I think he's already with Utah. But like, let's say that he would, right? Like I'm just saying, like somebody like yeah. him. Uh-huh. And then I think it's fine if like he's my number two, like right. Gupta's my two, or like Daryl Morey comes in. Whatever. Like that's like, what I mean. Yeah. yeah. And if but we're if it's like top five guy, like that's what we're talking about, right? But but if it's like Kelvin Booth, it's right. like you no, know, get the fuck out of here, Sasha. No. Like go go somewhere else and get your own good job. Totally. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think he certainly deserves it. But yeah, um, yeah, we'll see. Um, and then more news: the Timberwolves declined to pick up the option on assistant general manager Gianluca. Gianluca Pasucci. Yes, uh, who actually pretty nice guy. We had to, we got yeah. to interview him a few times when he was here. Um, he was one of Gerson Rosas's top lieutenants and did a lot of the scouting for the draft and um, the G League team in Iowa. With that move coincided a move uh, where Gupta hired Steve Sr. from the Grizzlies for a newly formed position in the front office. Uh, and it seems like Sr. Senior, senior has a lot of experience in player development, which isn't a surprise coming from yeah. Memphis. 
Um, and I, I saw a report from um, John Hollinger that basically says that like he was talking about how he's always wanted this position to exist and to kind of blend player development with the front office. And yeah. um, which is hard to believe that like no, no other team has done this, but um, yeah, it seems like a good move overall by the wolves. I mean, it's interesting because it's like you hear this news that, Gupta might not be the top guy. Like if they're looking to bring in a president of basketball operations, but then at the same time, they're letting him do all this staff, like make all these changes. So that to me feels like there's at least an interest from ownership in keeping Gupta in some form or another, or like that they're happy with the general shape of what he's doing. Otherwise they wouldn't be letting him make like personnel moves like this. Cause you got to think he's still the one doing these. Cause right yeah. now he's the top guy. They're letting, him, the run, reports they're letting him run the pre-draft. So I, I don't know. I, I, I would, I would say like, let's not jump to conclusions about what's going to happen with Gupta just because of this. It, it yeah. doesn't necessarily feel like he has one foot out the door. And I think that a lot of things no, can change. I certainly agree. I just think it's silly to like leak out a story like that. If you, if, yeah, that's true. If you, if you weren't true. trying to like make some sort of rumbling. Totally. So I'm always trying. I'm always trying to think like, okay, whoever Dane's source is on that, which I'm not saying is, I'm, I'm like, I'm sure his source is credible. I'm just saying like, what's the angle for making that? What do they want that, exactly? What's yeah, the maybe you're, maybe you're trying to kind of get it out there that the wolves are open for business, yeah, and trying to get a top guy to want to leave another franchise. Could like be Daryl Morey. <laughs> Daryl Morey coming over. Uh, yeah, they have a mess. They have a mess in Philadelphia to figure out. Um, with that being said, we want to thank our good friends over at DraftKings. The NBA playoffs action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any NBA team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN, bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Julian, also last week, uh, I didn't use our money. I uh-huh. used my own money. Nice. And I opened a Crown Royal box. Oh, cool. Um, I did okay. So the box was like $350. I think that's right. Um, and you only get eight cards. Ooh, high stakes. So high stakes. I ended up getting a... Uh, the so basically the big ticket items I got a Kaminga base rookie nice I got a Kaminga rookie number to seventy five nice. and then I got a Davian Mitchell silhouette rookie um, it's a redemption and I got a, an Alonzo Mourning jersey patch card um, so yeah I picked up that up cool. from three three star sports cards we have to open something soon together yes, yes. but um, just to fulfill our uh, you know our uh, partnership with them. I was like, you know what? I need to buy something from them. Nice. Um, I did. Um, I actually want to see how much the silhouette is selling for um, from Dave, Davian Mitchell. Yeah. Let me check right now. But yeah, you should go to, uh, go to three star sports cards if you want to, because they're great and um, they are the best to me. And yeah, that's kind of my pitch for them. Um, I don't see any recently sold ones on here, so means you um, get to set the price. Means I get to set the price. The thing is, I actually wanted to claim the redemption, 
So I could have sold it, but now I can't. Yeah, okay. Got it. Um, and I should have been because it doesn't seem like there's anyone that has sold one yet. So I could have gotten probably more than I hmm. anticipated, but whatever. Um, all right, Julian, let's get into, and we'll open something some sometime soon, I'm sure. Yeah, I have to go and sure. pick up some graded cards. So, um, all right, let's get into our roster review series. We're starting with free agents. Torian Prince, he is going to be 28, or he is 28 years old. He will be a, a free agent this offseason um, after spending one year with the Timberwolves. The Wolves, of course, got him in the deal that sent Ricky Rubio to Cleveland. Wolves fans were super bummed, but it actually worked out fine. Prince played a really vital role in the team, and then the Timberwolves were able to get Patrick Beverly, yep. who um, who does not like Chris Paul, in case you were wondering. But, um, you know, if you look at Prince's stats overall, he averaged um, – right around seven points per game, played 17 minutes per game, which is his lowest amount per game since he was a rookie. Um, in the playoffs, he wasn't able to play in the, I think the first game at least, or maybe as a play in the first game um, due to an injury. But overall, I thought, I mean, he, he made 13 million last year, which is not the, you know, that's not on the wolves. That's, that's a previous yep. contract, yep. but like, I mean, he, he, he's a pretty important player for the wolves overall. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think they should definitely try to resign him. I mean, I think we talked about him a lot during the playoffs, kind of during some of those playoff pods, is he's a guy who can definitely play in the playoffs. Yeah. You don't, you don't maybe want him playing quite as much. Um, but, you know, he had a couple games there where he was the hot hand. And, I mean, as weird as it is to say that on a team with Cat and D'Lo, um, you know, he was hitting his corner threes. And we just talked at length about how much how valuable that kind of player has been for the Mavs. And, to a certain extent for the Warriors too. So I, I think you got to keep him, um, maybe pay him a little bit less, but yeah. it's, uh, I don't think, I think if there's an, I think if there's a path to keeping him around on like a reasonable veteran contract, I don't really see a downside. Totally agree. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, he, he gets hurt. And then I think like, you know, you, you see guys play during the regular season and you see someone like Jalen Noel play. Right. And you're like, Oh yeah, like Jalen Noel could get rotational minutes in the playoffs, maybe. Yeah. And then you see him actually play in the playoffs and you're like, ah, I don't know. Um, yeah. and Chris Finch especially was hesitant. So it's I think it goes to show like how important someone like Prince is, a guy that he made 37% of his three pointers last year on three attempts a game. Yep. Um, he is versatile. He can play, you know, small forward, he can guard in the post when he needs to. Um I, I don't know. Like I, you just have to figure out that contract. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what that looks like. Um, he's such an interesting player, but like, you know, two years, 17 sounds fine. Like two years, 15, maybe that's even a little too much, yeah, but like it's a little high, but yeah, I mean, from what you're paying him last year, as far as like your cap space, cause right now players that are guaranteed to be on, um, the team next year, as far as, uh, they're under contract. You have Towns, Russell, Beasley, Beverly, Edwards, Vanderbilt, Balmero, McDaniels, McLaughlin, and then your restricted free agents are Noel and um, or club option is Noel and Nas Reed. So you basically have nine guys already back, and you're getting yeah. Towns, Russell, Beasley, Beverly, Edwards, Vando, and McDaniels. Seven of those guys are in your rotation. You could make the argument that yep. – McLaughlin is, and then you have Nas Reed. So you're bringing back most of the core anyways. Um, yeah. So I think it like the only other thing I could think of is if you don't want to bring back Prince, like you have to have a, you have to, you have to find a similar player to him. Like 
because going into the season, like the three, four spot was already kind of a weakness. And right. That's the other way to look at this at the end of the season. It was still kind of a weakness. Yep. So like the other way to look at it is like, okay, take the money that you paid Prince last year, figure out where you can find more money or, you know, if, if you trade for somebody, and you know, try to upgrade. So I, I think, yeah, that is. I mean, yeah, it's like, it. it's like the yeah, the one way is what you just said is, yeah, like here's the core. He's part of the core. Bring the core back. Yeah. But then if, on the flip side, it's like, well, if you have seven guys who are already in your rotation, is Torian Prince really what you want from your eighth man? You know, and and I, there's an argument for yes, but I think we've both talked about also wanting more size and what, and then, you know like so you have to think about roster spots, but you also just have to think about like okay, like what does your rotation look like? Like who are you playing? If Jaden McDaniel's can play more next year, does that kind of make Prince a little bit redundant in some ways? You know, so I, I don't know, I don't know. I I would like to see him brought back. Um, I would say if there's an opportunity to get somebody who could be maybe your sixth man who would be more of a game changer. And that means losing Prince. It's okay. You know, like at the same time, like don't break the bank or like blow up the process just to keep him. I agree. Um, with that being said, like we talked about, like, could this guy be like the, like the third guy after your bench, right? Let's go through like the teams remaining in the playoffs and go through like their guy that's played the eighth most minutes. Okay. Right. Um, actually I'm, I'm going to go to the Timberwolves first just to make sure, like to see how that matches up. Um, let's go to series stats against the Grizzlies. Well, and it's also like more like, is he? Yeah. So I, I guess, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what it says. So it's like, would he push somebody else down if you're moving yeah, him up? Prince played the ninth most minutes. Um, okay. Right. in the playoffs, which I don't know if that's completely fair, but like, let's now let's go like the eighth and ninth guy for every team, the warriors, Jonathan Kaminga, Damian Lee, like, right. Like princes, like, I guess basically my point here is like, I think in the playoffs, you figure out like teams that you thought maybe at one yeah. point were deep granted the warriors lost Gary Payton. So that that's hard to judge. Yeah. Um, you look at the Mavericks against the Suns, the player that played the, Eighth and ninth most minutes, Davis Bertans and uh, Frankie Smokes. You go yeah. to the Bucks or uh, the, the sorry the Celtics rather. Uh, Robert Williams who got hurt and then Daniel Tice, so guys that kind of overlapped each other. But like then the next guy up from the, him, Peyton Pritchard played the seventh most minutes in the playoffs. And then you go to Miami and you see um, Kyle Lowry who's out, but you have Caleb Martin. Um, Dwayne Dedman. So it's like, like, you know, if you can yeah. get Prince for the right price there, I think there's he a lot play of in that spot for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Like if you put him in that spot for any of these teams, it's like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. My question is like, you don't want him being your sixth guy. No, you know? And so like you, if you don't like what's higher up on your bench as the wolves front office, then like re-signing your eighth or ninth man is not your highest priority. You know, but if you're yeah. like, I love Jaden, he's gonna be our sixth man, you know, then it's yeah. like great. But if but if you don't, and it seems like they do, but if you look at like your sixth and seventh and you're like, that's weak, you know what I mean? It's just kind of like you gotta go, you gotta yeah, get that if, top. If if you're able to trade like Malik Beasley and your first round pick 
and sure. you, and you upgrade that position and you don't bring back Prince and you spend more money on another player. Like, I think that's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I forgot yeah. about Malik. He was good too. So I, I don't know. It's so hard. This is a really hard part of the off season because it's like the wolves just lost in the playoffs. So in the first round, so clearly yeah. there are changes that need to be made. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, well, all these guys are good. <laughs> the thing you know? with me- it's, it's like a weird balance. I think with a lot of these teams are like depth is a huge problem with the Timberwolves. I actually think the problem is like yeah, more, and this is a, this is probably for another podcast, but I think like there's Edwards, but, and then after that, I think you have, a, you have to figure out like what you're doing with D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. And then, I mean, and, and I know like there were some reports saying that towns had like stem cell surgery and um, just a bunch of stuff going on with, with his body. And um, it totally screamed, Carl's camp leaked this story. I was going to say, didn't we say, I can't wait to hear who's injured. Yeah. And, but I mean, I'm not <laughs> saying he wasn't injured. Um, but then I no, do think you have to figure out, like if you're, those, it, you gotta be a little critical of those kinds of reports that come out a week after of humiliating loss. Yeah. But, but I think Devin Booker's still hurt stuff. If you're towns or, or sorry, if you're like Finch and Gupta, like, I think you're probably having conversations of like, yeah, we're, we're obviously keeping Carl. He's a top 20 guy and probably a top yeah. 10 talent, but it's also like, who do we need to like w- when that happens, like it did against the Grizzlies and you have a guy that disappears your star, like who, yep. like who are we upgrading with on our bench to make sure that never happens. And, uh, you have to, you have to figure that out too. Like, unfortunately with most teams with the big man, you your like top off season priority. Isn't like another big man, but for the wolves, I think it actually kind of is. Yeah. Um, all right, Julian, that's all we got for this week, uh, or for today. We'll probably record again later this week, maybe a shorter one, um, cool. to, to talk, but, uh, yeah, it's good to, good to see you again. Yeah, good to catch up. I'm going to go mulch my yard and, uh, just the allergies are just going to continue to attack me. That sounds, uh, that sounds great. It's just nice the life of a guy, Lowe's. <laughs> just, a just, uh, just a guy uh, in his thirties. That's life. Nice. Cool. Well, talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Julie.